Chapter 68 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 68 Efforts to Arrest Dr. Juno for Riot and Murder. Although Dr. Juno disbanded the bloody conclave and had the leaders arrested and under heavy bonds to appear at court, they, the latter, still endeavored to have Dr. Juno arrested and tried for riot and murder. But it seemed that the tables were being completely turned. Verily, it is a long lane that has no turn. Dr. Juno told Deacon Rob Stew, if I ever catch you in public conflict, I shall order you to be shot on the instant, for violating your parole. You must not think, because I permitted you to go free this time, that you will be permitted to go on in your lawlessness." To this the deacon made no reply, but he soliloquized, "'I'll have your neck surrounded by hemp before you will get that chance, you infernal innovator and rioter.' I shall influence the religious people to arrest you forthwith. Who shall I get to swear out the warrant? I dare not do that myself, because it would look malicious in the estimation of the saints. Moreover, this Juno would be demoniacal enough to slay me for it. I will consult some of the members of the conclave, even if it is broken up. They will not observe their parole. No, sir not any one of those who have taken our solemn oath. I will see Brother Grumbler, Nancy Clover, Dr. Toy Pansy, and Physician-in-Chief. Either of them will issue the warrant, I'll bet." The deacon went straight for Mr. Grumbler's house, for the purpose of requesting him to go before an alderman to swear out a warrant for Dr. Juno's arrest for riot and murder, having caused the death of ten conspirators. Mr. Grumbler was at home but did not receive the deacon very kindly. He said, "'Good evening, Brother Grumbler. I have come to ask you to do a little work for the saints.' Mr. Grumbler savagely spied him all over and exclaimed, "'I should like to know into what other trouble you would drag me. Have I not suffered enough for the bloody click? And do you forget your own parole and expect that I am fool enough to walk with open eyes into the lion's mouth?' You may do your own dirty work hereafter. I am no more under your control." "'Great heavens! You false, too, as well as that cowardly Joe Peer!' ejaculated the deacon. "'No, old tyrant, not false, but true to my honourable oath, made for a just cause, a thing that I have long since wished for. I am going to join the naturalists and so are all the conspirators who have been your tools, whom you have cuffed and ordered around like cattle, and considered to be your mere dupes, having used us to carry out your infamous plans. And I tell you now, unless you cease your plottings against Dr. Juno, I will expose you in these very efforts at renewed conspiracy, whilst doubly under parole and besides under bonds for conspiracy. Moreover, I will have you arrested and locked up for having murdered Harry Gossamer, as well as the several other heinous deeds that you are guilty of," said Mr. Grumbler, in great earnest. "'And this from you,' responded the deacon, looking chopfallen and humbled. 
"'Yes, sir, from me,' exclaimed Mr. Grumbler. "'And more. I want you and all your associates in crime to keep a very respectable distance away from me, and if you have done, there is the door.' "'You would not dare to turn me away in this rude manner?' said the deacon. "'Dare!' exclaimed Mr. Grumbler, in holy wrath. "'Yes, by my soul, I'll kick you out of my house in the twinkling of an eye if you come any of your presumption over me. I am your equal in any way, and in honorable manhood your superior, but in dastardly criminal plotting certainly your inferior. Now quit my premises. I will leave you as you request it, but—no but, sir—' interrupted Mr. Grumbler, and caught the saintly deacon by the neck and bottom of his pantaloons, and pitched him headlong into the street, and slammed the door shut and bolted it, and grumbled, "'I guess that will cool his ardor and humble his conceit. This villain has always professed to be better than we, the working people, but we shall let him and his clique know very soon who is boss in America.' The deacon left Mr. Grumbler's premises a wiser, if not a better man, and he meditated, "'My God, has it come to this? Have really our followers and co-laborers deserted us? Well, I shall not be bluffed off in this manner, but I will at once visit Sister Nancy Clover, who will not desert us, nor treat me in such a rude manner. I will warrant she desires to see me as bad as I want to consult her. However, I cannot ask a woman to swear out a warrant for the arrest of Dr. Juno, and I want him jugged to-morrow morning." He reached Nancy Clover's residence at eight o'clock, and was invited into her handsome parlor, but when Nancy learned that it was Deacon Rob Stew she directed the servant to conduct him to the library, where they met in affectionate delight. Still the deacon was less passionate in manifesting love than Sister Nancy Clover, who fairly embraced him and said, Oh, dear deacon, I am too happy to meet you. But what do you think of Joe Peer? Did you ever think that we had one single member in our conclave who was so cowardly and treacherous? Truly, noble sister, I am taken back considerably. But you know Joe Peer was always a coward, and a mere cat's paw to scratch others for us. Still, he is not the only apostate that we harbored as loyal and trustworthy brothers. I have just come from Mr. Grumbler's house. Well, surely he is a staunch and faithful brother until death," interrupted she. "'Alas, good sister,' sighed the deacon, "'I am heartily grieved to say that you are very much mistaken, for he has joined the naturalists, and has literally kicked me out of his house not twenty minutes since.' "'Great Jehovah!' exclaimed Nancy Clover. "'Kicked you out of his house and has joined the naturalists?' You stun my sensibilities, you set me wild. Brother Grumbler deserted our cause. Could soul of woman think it? Could any man be loyal until death? Yes, brave sister, here is one, ejaculated the deacon, and if all the world prove false, I alone would continue loyal to my cause until death would stop me from further promulgating it. Deacon, dear deacon, I honor and love you for that expression," said she, while she threw her arms around his neck and wept, and continued, "'You have my respect, my love, my all. Will you, can you reciprocate this feeling?' "'Well, 
I do not know that I can," sadly replied the deacon, and looking the disappointed elderly heroine and maiden lady in the face, and continued, I have suffered entirely too much through the villainous acts of that Juno, curse his filthy soul, but I respect you and honor the ground you walk on. Truly, you must know that Miss Armington is forever lost to you, and the general is lost to me, so we may as well link our fortunes and affections together," said she, very affectionately. End of chapter 68